podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of Pod Jockeys, Cinema Geekly's music video podcast. It's Ben Knight, and this is a special episode. So a few weeks ago, we were contacted by a band who wanted to share something pretty special with us all. That band is In Solace. They are a four-piece alternative rock band from London in the UK. Their new single, Hold On, is hot off the mastering sweet hard drive. There's something pretty special about this release. Uh, Anthony and I love it. And we're going to be talking to their head honcho guitarist and their bass player right after this. Second class returned to Dottigab, please. Where was that, sir? I said Dotty Gab. When your nose is stuffed up, try sucking tunes. Cherry, honey, or blackcurrant flavor. Suck tunes and you release a cool menthol vapor that helps you breathe more easily. Now, a second class return to Nottingham, please. Tunes, menthol medicated in three flavors. Tunes. Tunes help you breathe more easily. Make your own MTV logo with materials found around the house. Cut open some old tin cans and flatten them with a hammer. Stitch them together with twine. Affix cloth with household glue. Using tin snips, cut an MTV logo out of sheet metal. If you don't have sheet metal, tin foil will do. Add details with hobby paint. Don't forget the circle R. Nail your logo to the background of character. Your MTV logo is ready to use. MTV, it's easy when you know how. I'm now joined by Connor and Sam from the band. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Ben. I'm doing very well. And yeah, thank you very much for having us on. Yeah, exactly. No, you're more than welcome. Um, so, for first of all, because we had a debate on this earlier on, uh, myself and Tony, um, the correct pronunciation of your band name. 
Okay, so that's um, yeah, that's that's a controversial one uh, because a lot of people actually have slipped up on it before. So it's <clears throat> it's essentially uh, in solace. Um, it, it's just two words in and then solace just squashed together. Uh, it's a common question we get asked, so <laughs> worried. <laughs> I consider it a basic courtesy to get the name of the band right. <laughs> um, so, well, you join us um, the day after, at time of recording, of the release of your new single, Hold On, mm. on the 21st of May. Um, now, this particular track seems to um, mark a, a sort of venture into a sensitive area, um, but one that we talk about quite a lot on this show. Um, how do you describe the lyrical inspiration for this track? If you kind of look at our sort of previous releases, um, well, I, I don't know, we, we kind of treat those songs more as like a cathartic sort of thing. Um, so, I mean, there's, I think there's quite a sort of evident sort of feeling of anger um, in the previous sort of um, material and just sort of, yeah, just sort of getting it all out in, into the songs, all that sort of poison and, and, toxicity that's in us but we were kind of unsure about you know where where do we draw the line between self-wallowing and and you know being cathartic so we've just sort of decided to um really implement a more sort of positive and um hopeful sort of message within this song and i think it's a direction we want to go down generally with with the band um and you know ultimately hope it will sort of touch someone you know on some level um, and help them in some way, you know. Your band, I think in your um, bio, describe yourselves as alternative rock or modern alternative rock. Uh, but obviously, listen to this track, uh, there's there's a fusion of all sorts of things going on in here. H how does your sound fit the, the sort of move from catharsis uh, and so on in, into the slightly more um, I guess positive direction that this track takes you? Well, it's, it's always really um, hard with genres sort of like pigeonhole your band it's, it's always i think it's uh it's an issue that most bands have just sort of trying to sum up your sounds using sort of genres um i feel it's kind of safer just to call it alt rock i mean we're we're sort of our older material is certainly much more relatable to uh alt rock but this song um features elements of electric well what i mean electronica um liquid drum and bass um, and then there's even like heavier sort of guitar elements, sort of heavy sort of sounds. Um, so there's actually like a lot of um, diverse genres sort of all in one with this track. Sam, your um, bass in this track is, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it really drives sections of, of this. The approach that you took to this track i mean the bass part of this and i suppose to some extent the guitar are very much more in the the rock territory than the um than the electronica territory how yeah. difficult do you find writing to, to fuse those together it's not really that difficult i mean connor sort of gives us a template to work off so like the sub bases we've got in the backing tracks uh they're very quite uh distinct in the verses mm. so a lot of the time i'm just sort of writing the bass over that so it's just a lot of layering, really. It's uh, yeah, and just sort of changing what's already there to sort of suit what I think should be there as well. So it's yeah, it's, it's sort of cross writing, which is cool. So and in terms of the the mental health aspect to this track, because th this is this is a track that that has its sort of peaks and troughs. It, it sort of mm. lyrically, obviously, uh, is very 
directly targeted at, as you say, sort of coming from a dark place, hopefully to a slightly better one. Um, is that something mm-hmm. that within the band um, you've discussed? Is it something that's that's quite personal to, to the band? Sorry, Sam, do you want to take this one, mate? Yeah, I'll go for it. Uh, yeah, I think it's fairly prevalent into like in today's society, society, you know, like with people at work, you know, modern day life can be quite mundane. A lot of the time you go into work, you're coming home and it's just rinse and repeat. And I think because we all experience that ourselves and everyone else experiences it also outside the band, it's like, it's a really good way to sort of engage your audience and what you're writing with as well. So, But our songs are very much, uh, they really come from a place of like how we feel at the time. It's, it's kind of no wonder we sort of really sort of focus around the points of, of you know, mental illness and, and, and even addic- addiction even um, as, these are things that we have actually suffered with personally in, in the band. Um, so it's just us, you know, put, putting ourselves into the into the song. It's, it's a very sort of intimate thing um, as it's something we have all suffered with. Tony and I discussed on the show before about um, the, the, in terms of writing stuff, I think I was saying on the show a few weeks ago about the process of writing things that make you feel feel kind of exposed and so mm. the tendency to sort of draw back slightly from perhaps what yeah. you might have really wanted to put in there um mm. is that something in particularly in this track that that made you nervous prior to the release yesterday that the thing yes. yeah you make yourself so vulnerable and you're, you're really really putting yourself out there and um you know if in a, in a band you're in the business of people pleasing and just putting yourself out there and constantly getting judged so that's that's something that was um we're very sort of conscious of um, before sort of, you know, releasing this song for sure. And obviously when you enter the arena of discussion on uh, mental health or, or even just putting that out there as a theme, uh, as you say, it's it's to do with the, the way it connects with your audience. And obviously as a band that's um, growing and growing at the moment, how do you interact uh, and respond to fans? And, and do you think that might change because of the themes of this track? We, we, We've always sort of said, um, you know, it doesn't matter if, if you know us or don't know us, always reach out to us, whether that be, you know, via a message or an email or even just at a gig. Um, and we, you know, we're always at the other ends of, of the phone. And we've actually had people, fans, you know, follow up on that, you know, fans from America and, and just like all across the world, um, which is good. And, and it, it sort of... It sort of gives the bands more of a more of a purpose. It's not just four people sort of banding together and writing some tunes and playing them. There's there's very much like a, a purpose to it. It's a message, and and you know we 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 stand for something, and and you know we we hope that we can sort of help people wherever possible. I mean we we are we're quite vocal about you know the topic of suicide. We we actually lost um, a member of this band due to that, and. Um, you know, we have been quite vocal about it. We, we haven't shied away from it, of what exactly happened to him, how he passed away. Because, you know, there's so much stigma surrounding it. And um, we kind of feel by talking so openly about it, it's, it's kind of going to be a, an effort to tackle, to tackle the stigma and to sort of break down those barriers and to make it, to make an environment where it's okay to talk openly about it, you know. What is the creative process then because you, you you say that it's not just you know sort of clubbing together and, and making tunes which of course is a familiar process to anyone who's, who's ever been in a band what's um mm. what's the process with particularly this the sort of complex nature of the music that that you're producing <clears throat> so you mean the, yeah the, the process i mean like connor 
it originates from Connor. So like he will write the, the guitarist and all the other ideas that he has in his mind. He will hash stuff out onto Logic and that. And we'll get, we'll like Google Drive the projects and we'll all download them, see what he's done. And we just sort of work our own uh, ideas off that really. I mean, in terms of bass, I kind of try and sync him with a kick a lot of the time, but uh, you know, if, 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 if there's place for it, just go along with the vocal melody sometimes. I mean, it's, there's so much creative freedom. It's really fun. Mm. But you have got to sort of rein it in to a certain extent because there's so much going on, it can get a bit messy. So especially in like this on our new track, Hold On, it's quite, there's a lot going on. So it's, you've not got too much scope to sort of play the lines, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. This uh, last year or so, obviously everyone's been somewhat restricted in terms of how they can create things together. But I mean, a, a lot of musicians have found ways around that people working remotely as you say you know google drive must be full of stems from tracks yeah i mean obviously i i think we mentioned previously on the show that the bands um i think a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the fact that you're split between london and brighton um mm-hmm. but you, you mentioned there working with transferred stems and uh working separately is that like a normal way for you to work or is that something you've adapted to, to deal with the last uh, year or so? I mean, that's fairly standard for us. I mean, even when we started out, even when I first met Connor, we conversed just through like Google Drive and that and Dropbox. And I think like, it's, especially these days, it's the easiest way to write music and just to get it done fairly quickly. You don't have to wait to rehearsal or meet up. You just, you know, you shoot someone over a stem and it's, they're working on it straight away. So yeah, I mean, it's just the easiest way to do it. Yeah, I mean, you, you've all sort of, collectively, we all develop the song just from our own bedrooms. Yeah. We, we build it, build it, sending stems to each other, retracking, redoing this, and it, it all sort of comes together. It's, you know, we the idea, I suppose, initially was to get into the studio, but um, for obvious reasons, that wasn't as easy as we would have hoped. Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately, we just tried our best to do it from home, and then we just sent it to our friends, Bradley Rowling, who's a very talented kid. Um mm-hmm. Just, he works his magic. Ultimately, he just sort of pumps the track with steroids. Yeah, a good a good um, uh, mixer or master is worth their weight in gold, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what drew you? I, I don't know, individually or collectively, into making this. I guess beyond being hobbyists and and turning this into what you're rapidly becoming. I mean, me personally, I'm not really sort of speaking on behalf of the other band members but i mean me i i cannot do anything else but music it's it's the only thing that makes sense to me and i i am just obsessed with it i i can't really imagine doing anything else prior to this year your band was oceans i think yes yes that's right yeah so i mean um in in a, in a weird way sort of in solace is like a, con- a continuation of what oceans was because that uh, sam was also in oceans as well but that band sort of dissipated and then it was only me and Sam left. Um, so we, you know, we recruited more members and sort of, yeah, just, uh, you know, changed the name, changed direction. It, it did change for the most part from Oceans, but there, there's, there's certainly a connection to that older project. And Sam, how do you feel um, with Insolus in terms of its evolution from Oceans? Is there a maturing of, of the sound, the attitude, the... Um, the, the creativity process or, or, or do you see it as sort of one flowing pretty straightforwardly into the next? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in terms of uh, material, it's very, it's similar in some ways, uh, like with the backing tracks also, the use of backing tracks, like it's, it's just, we've just got this big sound we've had for like two or three years now and we've continued that into Insolis, but there's definitely, I think, a lot more going on 
in the tracks. But the way it's progressed now, we've matured in the sense that we know where to leave enough, enough space for the vocals and melodies and stuff. You know, so guitars shouldn't be overly complex with certain, you know, certain sections. Whereas in uh, Oceans, I think we was more riff based and we were so headstrong on riffs that. Uh, we wasn't really thinking of the vocals, but we didn't have a vocalist at the time as well, so that didn't exactly help. But I think definitely there's more, more of a maturity in the writing now. So, so coming mm. from the the old tr- rock tradition of the mir- uh, the music being primary and the lyric secondary, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so now, obviously, Pod Jockeys being uh, an audio show about a, vid- a visual medium, it's a great idea when it started. Um, is there <laughs> is there going to be at some point, whether it's for this or for some future track, what are the video plans? We we do have plans to make a video for this. Um, it's in the very very early stages of planning. But yes, that is absolutely the idea. Um, so it's now the single's actually out. Um, it's just a question of putting it all into motion, um, you know, shooting the video. But yeah, so I mean, what what I could say about that is watch this space, really. Come on, you can give us something about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of at the point where we're talking about ideas, sort of the music video. Nothing's really concrete yet, but there will be a video at some point. I think that's um, as much as I could say about it at this point. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get to feature that on the show. Let's talk about live performances now. So obviously the, the world is waking up again in terms of these mm-hmm. things. In fact, I went to the first um, live music uh, performance I'd been to in a very long time last night. Oh, amazing. Cool. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, and obviously you've now sort of moved from i guess sort of conventional starting points in live performances to selling out in shows in in london in brighton are you now discovering uh things like performance anxiety slightly or or, or are you still just seeing the crowds i guess like sometimes we do from you know you only see the first few rows i guess <laughs> well i mean to be honest this is something uh myself and our singer millie have discussed but i mean uh, I'm certainly nervous to get things going again because it actually has been a long time since we've performed. Um, I, I think when we next perform, this, the circumstances are going to be different. There's going to, well, I mean, we're going to be sober for one, which is which will, which will be a first for us actually when it comes to performing. Is that a conscious decision? It's a very conscious decision. Yes, yeah, because it was an issue before. It was it was becoming an issue, and it we was ultimately just shooting ourselves in the foot. But it was very much a point of, um, you know, sort of getting intoxicated for the sense of curbing like the anxiety of playing. And then and then it's sort of very counterintuitive because then you ultimately compromise your playing ability when you're on stage if you're intoxicated. It's a good marker, isn't it, between um, bands who are, uh, again, sort of in the hobbyist category uh, and, and those who are taking it to a further level. I mean, mm. most, most bands... Uh, but certainly most bands I've ever performed in or, or sort of mates bands as well. Um, there's always been a little bit of alcohol involved before um, mm. going on stage, but there, there seems to be in most bands that find some success, a sort of, a, a sort of stage between that first, you know, g- having a few drinks before going on stage and then perhaps much further down the line being, you know, sort of old pros at it to the point where you can return to occasionally having a couple of drinks before you go on stage. So you're, you're embarking on the, the sort of the first steps of the going pro part here then. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that's a good way of summing it up, actually. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's, it's 
I, I suppose we've also got to that age where it's like, oh, do we want to be compromising our playing ability this much? You know, it's it's just it, it's just stupid, really. <laughs> um, Sam, what's your favourite performance venue then for Insolus? Uh, which we've done so far. Yeah. Oh God, uh, let me think. I really liked the Grace. That was cool. Mm. I mean, it was quite intimate. Like it was small, but it it was just rammed. Uh, and it was cool to play the bands we did as well. I mean, just a really good night in general. Like some gigs, I don't know. If some, sometimes you have like a just a really good night of like sound, uh, venue, you know, the performance and all the people there. It's, yeah, I, just, I think that was a standout one for me. The Grace definitely. It's where it all clicks, isn't it? And it's yeah. a sort of magical moment. Exactly. What advice? Talking about this sort of progression from. Um, hobbyist to, to to the next level what advice or what lessons have you learned that um, perhaps some people listening to this who are looking at trying to make that jump themselves could perhaps take on board and save themselves the heartache I'd say definitely try and stay motivated I mean because we've all got lives we have to attend to you know during the day we've got we've got to work and stuff but it's, it's coming home from work and going right I'm going to crack on with this now it's having the passion to do it mm. if you've not got the drive or the will to do it there's not really you know you're not going to produce your best stuff so for me it's uh, yeah I lost it for a few years but since joining this band I've definitely got it back and it's just writing's just such a pleasure to do it's fun it's creative so yeah I think just just stay motivated if you can you know just keep it going yeah I mean I, I, my advice is if you are in a band um, no matter what you're doing I think you need to be working towards your band every single day like don't take a single day off um, you know I, I, I am almost obsessive about it but I just think it's so hard and there's no other industries as saturated as this um, it just means you've got to work extra harder so yeah, I mean that's my advice: just put something into it every single day, whether that be big or small. Now we're going to revert to um, a little bit of the format of the show. We've got to mm. for, for reasons to do with me being able to actually do this show. Um, <laughs> and so we have over uh, over the years now covered an awful lot of themed episodes, and uh, I thought we might have a little bit of a crack, putting you on the spot a little bit at a couple of the themes that we've done. And you can give us perhaps the tracks and videos that you might have uh, put in as a listener suggestion for them. So uh, if you're up for that, we'll have a crack at the first one. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. So uh, I've managed to dig back as far as the Innocence Project episode. Listeners may remember that. Now, it was a damn difficult one because it was an episode about songs and videos to do with uncomplicated love. So obviously rock music particularly is full of, you know, unrequited love or dysfunctional relationships yeah. and all of that. Um, finding uncomplicated love tracks is damn hard uh, mm. any spring to mind how about bill withers just the two of us yes yeah, oh, nice i'm literally running through the lyrics in my head at the moment yeah i think it is i mean that's just off the top of my head i mean maybe if i read through the lyrics maybe there may be a oh, well this is what we found doing the show actually is that it you know you start with the chorus or maybe the first verse or whatever and you think oh, okay that fits and then suddenly there's a final verse where it's all turned to shit um, <laughs> it's, yeah it's never the best who wants to hear an uncomplicated love song I mean I, I certainly don't <laughs> I don't know I think that maybe there's something maybe there's something good in hearing something that that joyous although I suppose it depends on how you're listening to it because if you're listening to an uncomplicated love song from the point of view of someone who's just been in a messy break 
Africa, I suppose. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah, that's no exactly. fun. All right. Um, let's try. Oh, yeah, the controversial one. Uh, let's try the episode called Oh, Now That Hasn't Aged Well. So, <laughs> um, as you might have gathered from the title, this was tracks where either the song or the video or kind of the artist. Um, yes, Gary Glitter did feature in that episode uh, <laughs> for tracks that, yeah, you know, maybe they might have been okay at the time-ish, but looking back, oh, good Lord, how did that ever happen? How about, um, well, I think there's actually a recurring theme in a lot of Michael Jackson songs, in, in the videos, where ultimately he's just um, chasing down a girl <laughs> in the street. Uh, which a lot of people could perceive as borderline harassment. Uh, I mean, the, the video that comes to mind. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the video that comes to mind for me is uh, the way you make me feel. Um, oh, yeah, good, it cool. works out for Michael in the end because um, she reciprocates. So, so it's a happy ending in that one. <laughs> it's one of those lovely videos that tells you that being a persistent stalker yeah. will eventually exactly, get you what you want. Exactly. That's the moral of the story there. It def- definitely <laughs> is. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, you know, don't at us. There's obviously the other problematic reasons with citing Michael Jackson, yeah. but hey, it's a double whammy. Uh, all right, let's try one more. Let's see if Sam can pitch us one for this. So an episode uh, we did not that long ago, and it's sort of, pretty on theme with this actually uh the episode the black dog ballroom so this was tracks that were um sort of expressly to do with mental health so again it was you know tracks as we were talking about really that that are about um laying laying bare or exposing uh, a real kind of insight into the mental health of either the performer or someone they've known uh, a, a song that i desperately wanted to put in there that um I ended up not doing was Hollow actually by Pantera, which oh, I listened to that the other day. I listened to that the other day and I was so moved by it. But yes, it was it's immense, isn't it? That's so, right. Um, so yeah, there you go. I've managed to cheekily throw an extra one in that I didn't put in the show. Uh, so come on then. So Black Dog Ballroom, your entry, Sam, maybe? For mental health. I mean, put me on the spot. It's quite difficult to think of. Connor, you got you gonna give me any tips? If you want to pass it on to me, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah. Uh, honestly, any any Soundgarden song. He, he Chris Cornell is by far absolutely my favourite lyricist, and the way he sort of um, articulates pain and mental illness, and and just but ultimately what it's like. Um, it's so bang on. I mean, like uh, his song, well, sorry, their song, Soundgarden, um, uh, Outshine. Out um, yeah. There's a there's a lyric where it goes um, something something to the effect of. Um, uh, I'm feeling like I'm sober, even though I'm drinking. Yeah. Um, I can't get any lower. Still, I feel I'm thinking. Or it's something like that. Very, very, very profound words. And dark. Which which all sort of ties into, you know, the sort of tragic ends of of, of Chris Cornell. And, and of course, any any Chester Bennington song, Lincoln Park, you know, that's... Mm. I was about to say, we, uh, we've covered both Soundgarden and... Um, uh, Lincoln Park for those very reasons in the past. I'm trying mm. to remember what songs we did on that episode. Actually, I'm having to go back and look at my note. I think we did. Let's have a look. We did "Unwell" by Matchbox Twenty, um, mm-hmm. "Fake Happy" by Paramore, yeah, and um, I, I guess the the misery anthem that is "Everybody Hurts" by REM. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it was quite weird actually because we we for the episode we sort of swerved. Um, 
Soundgarden and Linkin Park, uh, despite obviously the themes that, that arise from them. But we've, we've covered both uh, in some detail since. And in fact, it produced probably one of the most sort of detailed mental health related episodes yeah. I think we've ever produced when we were doing uh, the episode in fact it was an entire episode on uh, on Lincoln Park and mm. yeah it was uh, it was a lot oh, I'm remembering it already uh, now I suppose another question is can you think mm-hmm. of a theme for videos that we ought to cover is there a category of music videos we've covered lyric videos we've covered things that haven't aged well we've covered stuff to do with animated videos and all sorts of stuff what would you like to see us take a stab at in the future Maybe least cost-effective videos, i.e., how much you know uh, the video coming out not so great, despite the budget that sort of went behind it. Mm. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Yeah, I do like that. You have that, mate. That's yours. (laughs) That is on the notepad. There it is. Um, (laughs) Right, gents. What's next then for Insolus? Okay, so um, we're just kind of doing this single thing, really. We're going to sort of do it single by single. But on the topic of our brand new single, Hold On, um, we're actually going to collaborate with um, Grassroots Charity. And they are a suicide prevention charity based in Brighton. And uh, we've actually worked with them before. So it's very fitting to sort of coincide the release of this single with that charity. Um, What we're doing is for the next two months, uh, we're going to dedicate all the proceeds, all the streaming proceeds uh, from Hold On to this charity. And wherever possible, we're going to include a donate link on our sort of social media platforms to this charity. Additionally, yeah, we've got three gigs booked for the summer. June 24th, we're playing the New Cross Inn. We're actually headlining the New Cross Inn. Uh, July 24th, we're playing the Hope and Ruin. And August 7th, we're playing the Green Door Store in Brighton. So yeah, both of those last shows are in Brighton. So for all of those will be in the show notes as soon as I track them down. And obviously for Grassroots as well, we'll put uh, that link in the show notes. Where's the best place for listeners to track down this track, especially if it's the best place to locate it in order to assist Grassroots? Any any streaming service of your sort of... Um choosing really it's on all of them um, <laughs> <laughs> um i mean yeah head over to the link in our bio um on, on instagram we've got access you can access the song via i don't know apple music spotify deezer um and you could also um directly do- uh, donate to grassroots charity via that link in our instagram bio gentlemen thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you. it has been a pleasure thank you so much mate we're looking forward to hearing more from you in the future so there you have it that's a wrap for this week everybody you can find those links in the show notes you can find Insolus on all the streaming services you can check out their fantastic charity with the link in the notes too. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archive of the show. We have a Patreon if you want to contribute to keeping the whole of the Cinema Geekly network coming in your ears. Patreon.com slash cinemageekly. We are not ad-supported and Anthony and his team put out literally hours of content per week for your listening pleasure. If you haven't checked out the rest of our shows, then you should go and take a look at what else we do. 
If you'd like to contribute videos and songs for discussion, uh, we're on all the socials and at cinemageekly at gmail.com. And as always, you can listen to this week's track and to just about all of the tracks we've covered on the show. We don't talk about Gary Glitter via the show's very own playlists on Spotify and YouTube Music. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as your favourite podcatcher app of choice. Uh, Search for Podjockeys, hit subscribe and that way you can come back next time to hear us talk about three more music videos on the next episode of Podjockeys. Podjockeys.